Coast. How good do you want your life to be? It's really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, Quincy the Q Dog, in the Moran Family Studio with my wife, Jeannie, and a special guest today, Julia Barbaro. That's it. Did, did I do it? Did I do you it? Did that it. was that not was made. Okay. That was not made for TV. I got hung up there, but uh, <laughs> as I was telling you before, I love it when people pronounce my name properly. So... Julia, it is wonderful to have you today. Full disclosure, technology was not our friend, and uh, we fought through it. And you'll you'll know why she's able to fight through things when you find out that she is a mother of six. She's a homeschooler. She's an author, and she is queen of the world. So we're very happy to have you here. Please tell us a little bit about you. Thank you, Quincy. Thank you, Jeannie, for having me. Um, such it's such a pleasure to be on. I am, like you said, a mother of six first, a wife to my husband of 24 years, Gino. Uh, he has a real estate um, adventure that he's on. He, he's, he's teaching people how to buy real estate. And, you know, it got to the point where a lot of his people, a lot of his, um, his students, his community, they're like, how do you all do it? How do you all do it being married and to an entrepreneur? And how do you, be, you know, the kids and homeschooling? And through that, um, I kind of overcame my fear of people because I had <laughs> this horrible fear of people. Never would I give a talk or give a, never be on a podcast. I overcame that because I wanted to. We can talk about that if you want. But, yeah, you know, I and he, we, we give talks. We have a podcast just talking about family life, uh, talking about supporting each other, how to raise a family, how to homeschool. I mean, anything and everything you could imagine. Um, and then from there, Somehow the, the kids and I decided, well, let's write a kid's book. And so we have two kid's books. Um, one's a gelato blast and one is um, the cannolis exploded. And it's, it's just mm. something to talk to your children about, you know, responsibility, uh, the importance of who you hang out with, uh, who your mentor is, who you surround yourself with. And uh, yeah, just having fun. That is great. That is great. I, I love the idea. Uh, we've had ideas before of writing family books. My wife um, is an aspiring author. Uh, Jeannie's writing a novel uh, right now. Probably got, I don't know, 10 of them planned out. But uh, we have a lot to learn from you. It sounds like you have, you have it down when it comes to concept and execution. So I'm really happy um, that we made this connection. And uh, I can't wait to listen to your podcast, to tell you the truth. Because uh, like you said, you mentioned earlier, and Jeannie and I have said it before, this podcast has become therapy for our relationship and mm -hmm. kind of put ourselves out there to help other couples. I never thought I would be talking to people in various countries, some that I've never heard of. So mm -hmm. I definitely, I would definitely love to hear uh, more about what your podcast uh, contains. What's the name of your podcast? Yeah. Uh, so the podcast is called the Julia and Gino show. And it is, if you go to Julia and .com, you'll see all our books, everything there. Um, and it is part of, so we don't can't get confused here with Jake and Gino, which is my husband's business partner. 
Um, you can go to either website and you can see all the podcasts. He also has a great podcast and he's had, you know, Kiyosaki on. I mean, he's had some really Grant Cardone. Oh, wow. He's had some really big ones on the business part of it. Um, on on our podcast, the one that I do with him, we've had um, even Gary Chapman. I don't know if you know the five love languages. He came oh, on yeah. our podcast, yeah. which I couldn't believe. And he's 80. Well, he was 80. He must be 86 at this point. So, he's like a grandfather. You know what I mean? He just talks to you like he, yeah. he, you're one of his grandkids. Unbelievable person. Um, so we've had stuff like that. It's It's been all over the place from, you know, how to start a business, how to run a business to, you know, marriage and all the difficult parts of it, to being a mom, to being a dad. And just like you said before, because we're trying to just be real with people and not say, oh, marriage is fun and great. And, you know, it's always perfect and everything. We got it together. Like we're very real when we're on and we there's a lot of teasing that goes on and, and, and good laughs. Um, but it's helped us so much. And I kind of joke with people, if you really want to work at your marriage, start a podcast together because you talk mm -hmm. about things that you normally wouldn't talk about. Right. And then you, you can't Absolutely. really over, you can't really overreact <laughs> because people are listening. And so you really are paying attention to how you respond. And so it's very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. It, for it, sure. I completely agree. And, um, you know, like we're working on year 23 y'all are on year 24 you have six kids mm -hmm. we have eight kids so i'm sure there's a lot of dynamics with that what's the score for boys to girls uh in your home when it comes to the kids oh, yeah so we have five girls and one boy so uh-huh <laughs> seven girls one second. boy seven girls okay okay <laughs> so you can you know it and you yeah. know it is what it is it is what it is. It makes him a better person. It makes him a better man. I think it helps my husband. Maybe, you know, Quincy, you would agree. It does help understand women a little bit better to have all these girls, yeah. you know. If if there is such an endeavor that can be done on this earth <laughs> is to understand women, I'm doing my best. And uh, I got to tell you. That's all you we know, ask um... for. That's all we ask for, <laughs> men out there, is to do your best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it... I, I, my papa told me so many years ago, um, when I was a, a teenager in high school, he said, Quincy, if you have daughters, if you treat them right, they will take care of you for the rest of your life. And that did not leave me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and now I, you're spoiled. And mm -hmm. I am spoiled <laughs> rotten. And, uh, my poor son, like we had a major episode with him this morning. I wouldn't say it's major. It was mm -hmm. just an episode. He's special needs. Mm -hmm. um, so he has autism. He's our oldest. He's 21. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But these girls are consistently and constantly mothering him. And he wants to be the older brother. So they're telling him what to do. There's things that he simply cannot do for himself. But, you know, cognitively, he knows that he's their, their older brother. So he hates being bossed around. Mm -hmm. But he and I are both so well cared for it's just not fair so i love having girls i really truly do i would agree with that I, I i see my husband and my son just being taken care of and it's very sweet um you know my husband only had a brother and so he didn't grow up around girls and there are times where you know our teenage daughters were like dad are you going to ever understand how to talk to a girl <laughs> so there is some fun in our house you know because it does take and, you know, it is as important to remember is when, you, you know, you get married, you have two people coming from completely different backgrounds, different experiences. Mm -hmm. And so you put them together, you have children, 
And, you know, you know, Jeannie, you can understand this is that sometimes it's like, I don't understand. How did you, how did you not know that you shouldn't say that? Like, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. To a no. girl, to like a teenage girl or a 10 year old girl. And like, why? And, and so you have to sit back for a second. It's like, well, they never were taught that because they never had that experience before. And so they do get, my husband gets a lot of passes. My son is a different my son is very kind, very sweet, very cautious about what he says, but he grew up in that world. He grew up with the kids, with the girls. And so you have to look at, you have to look at the person's situation, but at some point it's like, all right, you got to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn that's how to right, talk to girls. Right. Get it together, <laughs> dad. And, and yes, I'm, I'm probably right. pretty, I'm pretty bad about that because, you know, all the, all my girls have such a distinct personalities and some of them you know i can joke pretty harshly with um mm -hmm. you know if a fish dies and i you know make terrible <laughs> jokes and some will laugh and some will scorn me and it's ill time from time to time but uh the unique personalities that come along with it in the in the relationships you're nurturing as a parent is pretty awesome what which you know i want to hear the, the names of your books are very intriguing so i'd like to hear a little bit about each of those um because I'd love for our audience to know a little bit more and then go and get your book. So would you mind talking about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, the first book that we made is called The Cannolis Exploded. And it's about, it has three characters in it. One of them is Responsible Rhino, who, you know, is the entrepreneur and this, you know, something that I'll just, I'll just tell you the story. <laughs> so they worked at a bakery and the cannolis exploded and the whole bakery went up in smoke. And so now the three of them that were working there have to find out, okay, what am I going to do about it? And so, we, you know, when the kids, something wrong happens, a lot of the times we're like, well, figure it out yourself or, you know what I mean? And there's never a guidance. And so as parents, we're supposed to be guiding the kids, maybe giving them ideas, but also at the same time trying to figure out how do you let them make the decision? You know what I mean? So it's kind mm -hmm. of like this balance trying to figure out. And then every age they're different, like, you know, just a Quincy, like you said, you can joke around with the kid if the fish dies, but maybe next year you wouldn't be able to because they've changed yes. ages. <laughs> and so you're, right. That's so right. you're almost like trying to figure them out all the time. Um, so in the book, you have responsible rhino who really does make responsible choices. And it's good to see a person, you know, he gets his resume together. He gets his education. I mean, he does all the responsible things that the average responsible person does. And then you have creative caterpillar who thinks outside the box. And a lot of times we don't let our kids, okay, well, if something wrong, you know, something, something just happened. Well, what am I going to do about it? They have a creative idea. And a lot of times we're like, no, we're not going to do that. And we just kind of shut them up and do the responsible thing or whatever we want to do. And so it gives the kid an opportunity to say, okay, there is sometimes a creative way to handle certain things. And so he goes on his own little path. And then the, my favorite character is the pity party pig, because we all have those in our family <laughs> where they feel bad for themselves and they buy the TVs and they go out to eat and they watch TV, you know, they binge watch TV because they're so upset something happened. So they just kind of shut down. And so, you know, it's important sometimes to be there, but sometimes we stay there a little too long, you know? And so the, the book just shows like three different paths that these characters take and ways that the responsible rhino will maybe give his ha a hand to the pity party pig to kind of help him along, you know? And so that's that first adventure. And then in, in the second book, a gelato blast, we introduce a couple new characters. Um, you know, we have mentor moose and the question to the kids is, okay, well, who are you listening to? Because a lot of times, and this again is for parents as well, 
you know, we try to teach our kids to be responsible, to, um, you know, get advice from certain people, but who are we getting advice from? You know, I always use this example, you know, for instance, like, let's say my mom was terrible with money her whole life and I'm having money problems. I'm used to my mom. I'm comfortable with her. I'm comfortable talking to her. Is that someone I should go to with a money problem? And it just, it takes for a second just to think, okay, well, who do I know that's really good with money? That's been very responsible with money. Let me go to them. And so it, it helps the parent to think, okay, let's think about who we go to as for mentors. Who are we listening to? You know, um, even if we're having a, a trouble with marriage, <laughs> a lot of my friends from the past would go to the people that have other problems with marriage and then they would just bicker. They just talk about right. mm -hmm. their annoying husbands or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. So who are we getting mentored from? And that's, so that's part of the book. And even there's another character about encouragement, like who's encouraging you? And that's another. So there are little topics that we could bring up with the kids and talk about that, you know, we might be talking about already, but this is, it's very fun. It's funny. You know, the pig falls in the mud constantly. You know what I mean? It brings a lot of humor to it which, you know, yeah. as you know, that's how the kids learn. <laughs> so we bring yep. some humor to it, but it's good conversation to have. And it's good conversation to have as a, as a parent too, to say, this is what I did. This is a great idea. What do you think of this? Or these are the mistakes I've made because sometimes we tell the kids what to do instead of guide them. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. I got to tell you, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan already <laughs> in the, in the short time that we've spent together. Um, it, <laughs> It sounds, uh, and maybe just because it sounds a lot like uh, the way that I, you know, have worked and mentored my kids and just uh, mm -hmm. giving that opportunity to to our audience to say, hey, here is, I love teaching with humor. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, love giving scenarios and yes. parables or stories mm -hmm. or, you know, stories from the past. And I think you, you brought out a, a few really good um concepts to think about when it's like, well, if you're having marriage problems and you go to talk to somebody about marriage that's having marriage problems, all you're going to do is just fill Stir a bowl full of, yeah, going <laughs> to fill a bowl of bitterness and y'all are going to eat from it. So, um, that's very, very wise. So I think, uh, I think it's a great idea for these books and I'm, I'm definitely going to get them cause I would love to share them with, uh, with my kids and you know my son is he's 21 cognitively he's probably mm -hmm. still nine or ten years old so hopefully we can utilize these these books to kind of help mm -hmm. him uh with what he's going through so that is that's really cool um honey i don't know if you have any questions i really would love to know um how do you navigate the entrepreneurship and homeschooling at the same time i think I think I would love to hear about that because Jeannie did some homeschooling for a while uh, as well. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm going to start with that. Yes, it is. It's a lot. Yes, it is. And it's one of those things where, you know, when we make decisions, uh, sometimes we have these great ideas. And then when we do it, we're like, yeah, this is not what I thought at all. Um, and, and I'm just going to straight out tell you. So we've been homeschooling since our oldest is 23. Uh, so she is a year out of college. Uh, and our youngest is in third grade. So we've, we've been homeschooling. It feels nice. like forever. I don't know. I love it. I'm not going to do it. the math. <laughs> it's just been a long time. And I think sometimes I, I thought, all right, how many more years do I have? But, you know, I made a commitment and I really, I had a reason for it. And a lot of us, we have to have, you know, we can make a decision and decide something. This is what I want to do. 
but we really have to have a reason behind it. No, we started homeschooling because my husband was in the restaurant business initially for the first 20 years. And he worked on weekends, he worked nights, he worked holidays, and he was home Monday and Thursday during the day. And I thought, well, the kids aren't gonna see you ever. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of our reasons, our main reasons was because it was a family reason. And, um, and we started doing it and I, you know, yes, when I say, I mean, I would, the, the winters would come and I would see the kids outside on the bus across the street, sitting in the snow, waiting for the bus. And, I, and I'm, I was really tough. I was like, if you guys don't behave today, you're going to be outside with those kids waiting yeah. for the bus next week. <laughs> so That's it wasn't right. easy. It wasn't easy. Um, I'm going to say this year has been my easiest year. And that's what I, I want to point out is that I didn't do any work. I mean, I helped my husband a lot over the years. Sometimes it was just with my support. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, well, how do you work together if you have little kids? It's really a challenge. And, and there were some years, I'm talking like three, four years in a row where I'm like, listen, I can't help you at all. I can support you in what you're doing, but I, there's nothing, I mean, I have babies, I'm homeschooling. There's just, it was a constant. And so it was a couple of years ago when our youngest was about four or five. Now, you know, you probably have the same thing where your youngest is like a teenager at age five. Mm. <laughs> like she just, <laughs> ours runs Our middle house. kid She's was a teenager at age five. Yes. Yeah. And so that's our youngest. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I could do something now. So that's when we started the podcast. That's when we talked about the kids book. And even then there are times where I'm like, all right, I'm doing too much. I need, I, I'm, I'm away too much. I'm away from the kids and um, I'm preoccupied with things because what I wanted to do was to be a truly a stay-at-home mom. And so I have to remind myself sometimes every day, it's like, okay, where am I supposed to be? You know, and a lot of times, you know, and, and I know plenty of women that want the career and they're happy there and I'm happy for them. I really am. But what I wanted was to be home with my kids. And that was my first priority. And so now I, it's like a balance. It's like, all right, am I doing too much? Are they okay? If they're okay, then I'm going to do a little bit more. And that's why we did the, the kids book. But it's a constant decision every morning. It's like, all right, how much time am I going to put toward work? How much time am I going to put toward school? And then activity, because when I show up with the kids and I'm in a really crabby mood because I'm overworked <laughs> outside of the home, mm -hmm. I have to reconsider. And I, so I do a lot of reconsidering <laughs> quite often, <laughs> you know, I mean, I even travel with my husband a lot because um, he does a lot of live events with his community to give talks on marriage and working together. And it got to the point where my little Laura, she's like, mom, can you never do that again? Can you never leave us? And I'm like, oh boy, I got to think about this. Maybe I'll give her another yeah. year, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's an, it's an ongoing trying to figure out where, where we are as parents and where our kids need us. Cause like we said, the kids are changing all the time and sometimes they're okay without us being there as much. And sometimes they're not, sometimes they go through difficult times and sometimes they're okay. And, um, I'm not doing this where I, you know, in 10 years from now, I'm going to regret it. I, I truly, this is truly what I want. And I think if we know what our values are, we can easily make decisions based off of those values. You know, it's easy to say yes and no to things if we know what's important to us. I think that's a great word. And um, if you could, uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, you know, just dig a little mm -hmm. deeper on the side of, um, do you this is for Jeannie mainly. Um, is there... <laughs> 
is there guilt on one side or the other when you make a commitment to do a project, but you, you know, your first commitment is to the family and then yeah. how, how do you navigate the line of guilt on either side when you're not accomplishing what you set out to accomplish and you feel like you're struggling on both sides? Yeah, that, that's definitely a challenge for sure. And, you know, I'm very prayerful, so I do pray a lot. Um, and, you know, I still have to make the decision at the end of the day. Um, and like I said, there has been times where I'm just so excited to do something and I realize how much work it is and I get in the middle of it and I realize my house is in shambles. The kids are trying to figure out their math by themselves, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And yeah. it really does take that reflection of, okay, where am I supposed to be right now? And it is, it is that guilt of, I want to obviously be there with my kids, take care of the kids. Um, and then what about my time for myself? And then what about the work part? Cause I, you know, I, I do, like I said, I, I love working with my husband. We do the podcast together. We do talks together. We do these books together. You know, we have a personal finance Academy, even on our, on our site, and at times, you know, he's like, oh, aren't we going to be doing this? Aren't we going to be doing more videos for the Personal Finance Academy? And I'm like, hold on a second. I have to just, we just started school. I got to figure out my, so I agree, yeah. Jeannie, it's, it's really a challenge. And it's always, it's it's not like we'd make a decision today. Um, it, it's, like I said, the values. It's what are our values. And if, if I'm really just, like when I said when I homeschooled in the beginning, I made a decision that that was going to be my priority. I have to put that first. And if that means, you know, me waiting, I've waited, I've waited for many, many years to do a couple of projects that I'm just starting now. And I almost feel like when I look back, I'm like, that was the right thing to do because I have more life experience now than I did before. And it would have came out differently. And I think, well, that's interesting because we forget sometimes we want to rush to do something, but it might not be the right time. And I think to have peace with that, Again, it's an ongoing thought process, and it's really helpful to talk to people about it that are in the situation that you're in. Because like I said before, like, who are you talking to? Who, who's mentoring you? Um, if you're talking to someone who's super career-oriented, they're going to be like, you have to go out there and find it. You know what I mean? Or if you're talking to a homeschool mom <laughs> that yeah. has little kids yeah. at home, what about your they're kids like, you got to and... stay home. You know what I'm saying? And so that's yeah. important to find someone that's understands where you are right now and to be a positive influence on you. Because yeah. I think a lot of times, like we were talking about with the bashing of the marriage, you know, if you're hanging out with people that constantly make fun of marriage, constantly make fun of your husband's, you're going to come home with that, whether you do it or not. It's just, it kind of weighs on you. So who we're talking to is more important than we think. Absolutely. And we, you know, we have a, a kind of a rule in our house um, that could be applied there. We call it the 50 and five rule and uh, just understanding who your friends are. And if you're putting in, you know, 50 bucks and they're putting in five, um, are they the right kind of friend? Are they the right kind of influencer to be in your life? Do they deserve mm -hmm. the proper access or full access to your life as opposed to the people who are willing to put in the 50 bucks like you do? Um so I think mm -hmm. that's a good word, you know, for the both of us. And I know that uh, I, Jeannie started out and it was our goal. You know, she wanted to be a homeschool mom as well. I, I don't have to talk for you, honey, if you want to, if you want to just talk about I it. I just did it. I mainly did it because um, 
we we tried school but with mm -hmm. hunter's special needs i couldn't i couldn't mm -hmm. homeschool him um and then when the triplets came along you know trying to balance i can't even well, imagine we had, <laughs> we had hunter we had the triplets and then seven months after the triplets we were pregnant with ashlyn so i had five kids under the age of five in diapers so when school came around it was like get on the bus yes just get them there and yep. give me a few hours to breathe but um they with the special needs we encountered some issues with um bullying and even adults were just mm -hmm. not wise in their decisions and i mm -hmm. i am a very active and ferocious mama bear i have absolutely no tolerance whatsoever when it comes to how people treat mm -hmm. my kids so um sure. we started our our middle daughter um the fifth child technically came in from school in second grade and she's getting picked on and her attitude was changing. She just was not, um, it, it just snuffed her light out. Like she just wasn't as mm -hmm. open and free and bouncy and creative as she used to be. And it frustrated me because she started getting disrespectful. She started getting, um, mm -hmm. angry at us. And, um, you know, it got to the point where I just told Quincy one night, I was like, I'm bringing her home. I'm not doing this anymore because whatever's going on there, no one's taking care of it and it's changing her and that's mm -hmm. not who she's meant to be. So, um, we brought her home first and it was just me and her and we gave her one year of just me and her homeschooling. And then the other kids started slowly coming in saying, well, we don't want to be at school. We want to be here. We want to be with you. And I was like, okay, well, so it's kind of how it all started um the triplets got to sixth grade and when they were going to be transitioning into junior high that's when you know situations were happening with the schools places around us things were just very very different than what we grew up with and i didn't want that and two of them having special needs getting ready to um transition into this environment and having less and less available for their help i was like no we're, we're gonna bring them home I'm glad I did because we discovered with them being home, you can kind of, you can tweak your teaching process and you can figure out how they learn and then you can adjust and it, they're not learning like everybody else. They're not doing it the same way, but they are learning the same lesson. And we discovered one mm -hmm. is an auditory learner <clears throat> and she has to read aloud or have things read to her and she gets it, but to read it on paper, comprehension is not there. Had I not brought mm -hmm. her home, I wouldn't have caught that because um, the school didn't really, they don't have enough resources to take the time to do that for every kid. So unless there's a real right. severe reason, they just don't do it. Um, our other daughter, however, is very tactile. She wants to know how things work and why do they work, but she's also an avid reader. So if you can find books that kind of, they're at a lower comprehension level, but they're fun. And it helps her, you know, create science and doing things like dipping flowers in um, food color to see what happens mm -hmm. by the next morning. You know, simple things that astonished her and she needed to know why. So then she went looking for the mm -hmm. information on why it did that. Those types of things I just think are not readily available in the school anymore because it's, it's all about how the book says it, and you just kind of go that way. Mm -hmm. But we noticed bringing them home and being able to, I mean, I, I made trips 
we we did gymnastics we did the zoo we did um science theaters we i mean everything i could find just to get them to go and experience something and make a memory out of it that was what changed them then we started noticing the personalities then they started kind of they weren't bogged down by um other people's opinions how people treated them they weren't bogged down by not having the perfect grade you know they didn't even know their grades until the end of the school <laughs> year it was like you just if you're struggling on this we're going to work on it until they got to a certain point where it was like okay if you have a d and you're not doing the work because i know you're not doing the work now we have a situation mm -hmm. but um it was just very different their personalities blossomed that way very very different and i'm if you've listened to the podcast, I don't know if you have, but I'm, I'm a little bit harsher and more straightforward. I won't lie to them. I won't sugarcoat something. I'm not going to, um, if they're going to ask me a question, I'm going to tell them the honest truth, whether or mm -hmm. not they like it, whether or not it hurts, they need to know because when they leave my home, they have to be able to stand on their own and they have sure. to know what's coming at them. So Quincy is more mm -hmm. the, um, he thinks more before he speaks. I don't always do that but they're girls and i know what i grew up with and i just don't want them feeling trapped in anything the hard part the hardest part for me has been once they got to high school we were like okay hands off you guys have to go to school this is where my education ends um i i don't trust being able to teach them chemistry and not screw it up so mm -hmm. um but I also wanted them to experience going to dances, being around other kids. Like you've been with me long enough. It's time for you to figure things out. And if they decided to come home, they could come home. We had one that was home for two years. She just mm. couldn't cope with it, had medical stuff going on and she couldn't handle the pressures of the people. And it was just like, I don't, I don't want to be there. I'll do it at home. It's like, okay. So we got her an online school. Um, but mm -hmm. we gave them at that point, we gave them the choice. If you want mm -hmm. to go to school, you can. If you want to be at home, we'll find a program. But I'm not I'm not skilled enough, so you're going to have to get help elsewhere. And she thrived. She did great. Yeah. Um, now it's that they're all different ages, and I am split between nine people and trying to balance my own ambitions and things that I want to do. I mean, I've been working on this book going on, what, four years now, I think, pretty close. We wrote the first draft and then I dismantled the whole thing and started over. And now it's just like, okay, am I ever going to accomplish something for myself? But trying uh, to... I would interject there and say uh, there are so many accomplishments that I can mm -hmm. see. I mean, it's innumerable. I understand you what you're saying about accomplishing something for yourself, but this family is what it is because of your accomplishments. No, I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. What I'm, I'm saying is there are things that I wanted to do that are just my own. They're not the Fair. family. They're not the kids. They're not you. <clears throat> and it's not that I don't want you guys to be part of it. It's simply, I feel you. I want something that's my own. I want something mm -hmm. that, that I have created. That's been birthed from me. That's my own to do. Cause the kids are birthed for me, but they're going to go on and do their own thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to have their own lives and that's great. Mm -hmm. But like right now, I mean, even just finding 30 minutes to get a workout in, it seems like every time I get to the gym, I get on the machine and a kid calls me and it's like, okay, I forgot this and I need mm -hmm. to bring it to school. Or, you know, somebody calls me from the house because one of the, the specials is having an issue and they can't handle it. And it's like, I just, Dude, I don't know how you do it because I'm dealing with adults and I'm still <laughs> all over the map. Like, 
I, I feel that's what I told Quincy the other day. I was like, I have to get up at six in the morning and start a load of laundry just so at the end of the day, I can honestly look back and say, I accomplished one thing on my list today. If nothing else got done, I, I at least got one load of laundry done. So something was accomplished because otherwise I will claw at myself for not getting something done. Mm. Even if I'm doing everybody else's things and I'm taking them where they need to go and I'm, I'm fulfilling the mom responsibility. Sure. It's like, but that's not my list of things to do. That's what mm. I do for you. So it's, it's very different. It's very, very different. And there's a yeah. lot of guilt that goes back and forth. Yeah. As, as a mom, you know, you, it is, there's a lot of guilt of I'm doing too much. I'm not doing enough. And it, mm -hmm. you know, they cross over our boundaries, but we tend to cross over theirs a lot too. And it's just an ongoing, like, am I doing, you know, I remember when our oldest daughter, uh, she was in college. Uh, so she went from homeschool to college and it was a, it was a local college. We're in St. Augustine in Florida. And so we have this beautiful uh, Flagler college about six miles from us. And she started there and I realized, all right, she's an adult. She's the oldest. She's still in the house. And we're kind of going back and forth on, you know, it's kind of like what you were talking about. You know, you're trying to figure out the kid in the moment, you know, you're trying to mm -hmm. understand where your relationship. So now you had the kids at home for a little while. So now you're the teacher and the mom and you're trying to figure out what your role is at that point. <laughs> and so it's constantly yeah. changing. And uh, there was a moment where, you know, I was asking her too much. I was talking to her too much. I was in her room too much. And you know what I mean? And so there was this, there was just trying to figure out the new boundaries mm -hmm. and I yes. didn't know. And I, at one point I literally stood in her doorway in her room and I said, well, where do you want me to be? I said, I truly, I, this is new to me too. I said, well, yeah. I, don't, I've never, I've never, I don't, there's no rule book. There's no, there's no book that talks about Gabriella Barbro as like, I don't know you. I don't have your manual. I don't know who you are. I don't. And so she looked at me. She's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I don't know if, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know where you need me or you want me. I said, we're both doing this together. Yes. I said, I want you to understand that is it's new for both of us. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm your mom and I always will be your mom, but I don't know you're an adult and I don't know what that means. I'm like, you have to help me. And so it was interesting conversation because she, for the first time understood that mom doesn't know everything, <laughs> you yeah, know, no kidding, I don't right? know how to handle every situation. And I think that's important for our children to know is there are a lot of times where I mean, you, you talked about, you don't know chemistry. I don't know chemistry either. <laughs> you know, I got to the point where my daughter was in 10th grade. I was pregnant. Um, and I think that whole year I slept like it was our sixth pregnancy and I, I was 40 and I slept the whole entire year. I don't yeah. even remember it. That's how bad it was. And I actually apologized to her. I'm like, listen, I don't, I'm so sorry. I failed you this year. She's like, mom, I learned how to, um, I learned life skills. I, I, she could literally run my whole house. I could not be there forever. She could take care. She can take over. Um, and so when I say to sometimes we have to be open and honest, but to, you know, there still has to be a, there has to be a limit. Obviously we can't just yeah. complain right. to our kids all the time, <clears throat> but we do have to let them know that we have really difficult times and we don't know what we're doing a lot of the times. Um, and even for school, you know, when I realized that I don't, I don't know algebra like I thought I did, or I don't know biology. It's changed. Yeah. I'm going to hire someone and it's changed. I'm going to hire somebody to teach. So we do a lot of online classes now and it's beautiful. I love it. It's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But again, like as the mom, as a, even as a dad, you don't know your role all the time. And you're always unsure and you're always questioning yourself. <clears throat> and, um, and I think it's good to talk about sometimes and not just always assume, oh, I, I know how to handle it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, my kids are fine. They'll be fine. You know, they don't know what to do either. You know, yeah, right. so it's good to step into their shoes sometimes and say, okay, and ask them, you know, I don't know if you guys do this as well, but sometimes I'll ask my older kids and now it's everybody, you know, so tell me, what do you like, how did I screw you up? <laughs> you know what I mean? What did I do <laughs> yeah. when you were younger that you're still holding on to and you want to talk about it yes. and they all laugh, but sometimes they'll, they'll reveal things that I never knew bothered them. I didn't even know that happened you know, birthday parties that they were traumatized because, you know, we had family friends that they all got the stomach bug. And so it was all adults at her party and she was 10. It was like so traumatic to her that she didn't have her friends over like little things like that, but she didn't know yeah. everybody was sick. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's really good to talk about certain things with the kids that you wouldn't normally think to, to ask, you know, ask yeah. the kids. You know, is there, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, yeah. I, I think that a lot of times we forget that we're just busy with life. We're busy trying to do what we're doing trying to do the laundry, try to cook, try to keep the house going. And we forget to actually have a relationship with our kids. Absolutely. I think we, we're at the point right now where um, for several years now we have the kids do the chores. I maintain certain mm -hmm. things, but the kids pretty much do a majority of the, the dishes, the laundry, those types of things, because there's enough mm -hmm. of them that in order for me to have enough time to do the things they need me to do, they have to help. There's just, there's just not enough for me to do, be able to do it. Not enough hours. And now we're at the place in life where our oldest three are working, but they don't drive mm -hmm. yet. We're, we're working on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. We changed States. So everything is changing over. <laughs> Well, so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm the only driver. We, we did that dad, too. Yeah, we did yeah. that too. We changed the dad. <laughs> dad works away from home. So mom is the driver. Okay. So yeah. I have three in high school. I have two that are special needs adults and are with me 24 seven. Then we've got three that are working jobs outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in exchange for driving, they do help with, with paying for fuel a little bit, but there's also, babysitting the two older ones so that I can take care of other kids stuff or I can be where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And now there's a balance of they're kind of at that stage where like they forget mom only does things for you for a certain amount of time. And then you have mm -hmm. to kind of grow up and do it yourself. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. I worked sure. my favorite excuse right now is, well, I worked today congratulations so did I <laughs> you know it's like you know they come in and well I worked a shift today well your shift was like five hours there's mm -hmm. still several more hours in the day that you could get these other things done and they're dumbfounded mm -hmm. that we're like expectant of these things and mm -hmm. it's hard for me because I'm thinking god why did we screw that up because we've been doing this for years like you've always had to do your chores you've always had to help out Mm -hmm. where did this disconnect come from? And it's like, well, you, you do laundry for the little ones when they're not home. It's like, yeah, well, my three little ones out here, mm -hmm. they start their day at 5 a.m. because they have practice mm -hmm. at 6.30 in the morning. And they're in school mm -hmm. until 5 p.m. And then they go to the gym and they come home. So their day starts at 5 and they get home at 7 p.m. I think they mm -hmm. deserve mom to step in and do a little bit because when they come home, they have homework and, but they still do chores. They still help at dinner time. Sure. 
and and it's like mm-hmm. how do i get yeah. this across it's hard to having... you as an adult <laughs> yeah you have to it's hard having little kids point. and then as yeah as they see you know you have older children and they have more uh, flexibility they're they're not doing the chores and um, it, it does, it's hard because they don't understand. And I think that's mm-hmm. something to remember for myself too. Cause every time, and I know you guys would agree, every time we do a podcast or we talk to someone, it's a good reminder for me. So all this, all yes. this is super helpful to hear you, you talk about um, because the younger kids will like, it's not fair. The older kids get to go out and you know, we have to stay home and do whatever. And so sometimes I, we have to be, and so how we communicate things is so important. The way we talk, especially to our kids is so important. And so if we're constantly, well, too bad, you know, this, you know, that's just how it is a lot of times. And this works and this, you know, it took me to have probably four kids plus a few more years to realize the importance of this. Sometimes I'll literally sit on the ground and I'll look up at them and I'll be like, so, and I'll talk to them very calmly. And again, this is, this is newer to me. So, (laughs) and I'll say, listen, I just want you to know that, you know, when Michael and Gabriella and Sophia, when, when they were about your age, what they did was, and I would tell them a story about, you know, all the stuff they used to do. And then I'll say, what, isn't it exciting in a couple of years from now, you'll be their age and you'll get to, you know what I mean? And so a lot of times it's our, the way we present it to the kid, It, it doesn't matter the words we use, but if we present it two different ways, They'll either accept one of them and just ignore the other one. So it's really, but it's so tiring. Like it's so exhausting. (laughs) You just want to be like, because that's what I said. Like that's my answer because I said so, but it doesn't work. And it's more frustrating for us as moms because we're constantly irritated that they didn't do their chores or they're arguing with them the same thing over and over again. Um, But I found that the best way to handle that is to calm down and go to their level and literally talk to them and it really helps if you're like when i say level i mean get down to the ground and talk to them even if they're a teenager sit down on the ground for some reason it just calms everything it calms the situation down mom is not the authority you know getting coming and yelling she's just talking um you know because as a mom sometimes like i have to remind myself that like everything i do for them is such a sacrifice like I'm sacrificing everything. And a lot of moms I know are very resentful later on in life because they're like, I sacrificed and now they left me. You know, I hear that sometimes and it makes me sad because it's, it's, it's kind of a gift for me as a mom to sacrifice half of my life for them, you know, to yeah. do the laundry. And, it's, and I got to the point where doing laundry, I actually do it and I love it. You know why? Because nobody comes in. <laughs> Nobody comes in and talks to me. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh, I'll I'll be right back. And then all of a sudden, everything's fine. Like, they don't need you anymore. And so I figured out how to love the the difficult time, like the laundry, the dishes, all that fun stuff where the kids, I actually would rather just not, you know what I mean? Like, just that quiet time. And so I learned to like it and say, okay, this is my quiet. Sometimes it's even my prayer time because nobody will come into the laundry room. That's like, stay away from mom when she's doing laundry because then she's gonna ask you to help her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like a mind shift change of trying to figure out all the things you hate, trying to find the joy in them, if that makes sense. And it's kind yeah. of cheesy, but at the same no, it's time, not. it's no, really it's beneficial because then I, as moms, we're actually calm and we're okay. Yeah, I don't mind doing the chore stuff. My ours is kind of reversed our younger ones 
have no problem doing chores. They have no problem. Like our mm -hmm. younger ones are more Lynn motivated to do yeah. things than my older yes. ones. My younger ones are like, yes. get in, get it done, do it right. I don't have to do it again. Right. And I have my free right. time. They're yes. very, very good at that. Our older ones, because they're working and then they come home. It's like, well, I work today. I'm going to come home and I'm going to take a load off and I'm not going to do anything. And it's like, N no, that's not how this works because, mm -hmm. you know, we, that's the part that we're, we're struggling with now. It's like when you leave here and you have your own home or apartment and you're working a job, who's going to do your laundry? Who's going to cook your food? Who's going to do your dishes? Because if you're mm -hmm. expecting mom to show up and help out, this is not how this mm -hmm. works. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you're expecting me to step in when you have kids and I'm going to take over and do things for you, mm, that's not my role to help you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But to do it and now it's like well i i work so i don't have time to do these things or the the mm -hmm. i think it's just because they're they're in the mindset of 18 and 19 i'm an adult now kind of hit sure. and sure. now it's like yeah. i can i can do this and i can do this and i can do this and it's like yeah you can but you still have responsibilities and i would say mm -hmm. i would say probably two out of the three girls have really come a long way yeah. One of one of the girls, mm -hmm. um, which we have, we have three of our kids have autism to varying degrees, um, and it's the three mm. oldest. Um, so okay. really, really hard navigating some of these conversations. Um, but I, I don't want to say I'm happy, but it's a breath of fresh air to hear that you and your husband and your family are kind of walking the same road, and yeah. we. We had mm -hmm. kind of an explosive argument at one point, me and the me and w one of my older daughters, and um, we had to sit down just going back and, and kind of talking about yeah. what you did, which is sitting and coming at it from a different angle and, and kind of being vulnerable enough to say, look, this is new territory for us all. And yeah. so I we had a we had a pretty big run in. Um, it was one of those conversations where you're standing back as the mom going, why would you say that that way to her? Like, yeah, it was a, you're talking to a girl. <laughs> it was a bad moment for me. But in all, I think it, I think what happened, I, I look at it and say, well, it was actually a great teaching moment for our relationship because we did get to sit around the table with everybody and say, look, this is new territory for us. It's new territory for you. We're trying to, we're trying to determine where is the line with you're an adult and our authority in our home. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh it's kind of fluid right now because I want you to have freedom, but you're not totally an adult because you're not adulting full time. So yes, exactly. how do we navigate this together? And so my stupidity mm -hmm. really led to a great opportunity for us to get it out in the open and talk about it, um, which I'm okay being the example. But, for you know, for the sure. both of you, the both of you ladies, I just I, I, I honor I honor what y'all do. Um because I don't think in this day and age there's enough appreciation for women who want to stay home and want to nurture their children and their family. And I think too often the career-minded woman, which if you're a career-minded woman, then go do that. But don't mm -hmm. disparage sure. um, the women who are doing the gre great work at home um, and helping to grow Good the next generation of citizens that are going to yes. go out and take exactly. on the world. Um, so mm -hmm. to the both of you, I, you know, as a, a husband and father, I deeply appreciate what you guys do. Um, and I, you know, Jeannie talks about the kids doing chores and whatnot. And 
I just set out, I don't know, probably eight years ago. I sit and we did something as a family. I did it at work. It was called 5S. We just like reassessed the whole house. And I started building them so that they could be in charge, so that they, they could draw for chores. And then, you know, they would have one chore checker that was in charge. They would inspect everybody's work and take mm-hmm. responsibility so that when they got out in the real world, you know, they would have some sort of leadership skills. I think if you can manage your siblings, you could probably mm-hmm. manage anybody on the planet because you have to live with those people. But uh, it was, it was right. we wanted to instill a, a good work ethic, too, because, you know, having the chore checker, you have somebody who's holding you accountable. You did the dishes, but sure. you kind of half cheeked it. You didn't really do the dishes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the other person comes back around and says, OK, these three things need to be re- rewashed. And if they're not mm-hmm. or you skip it, you have double chore tomorrow. So there, there's yeah. always a, there's a cause and effect to it. And there's always been, um, if you do your job right, there's a reward to it. If you don't do your job right, there's a penalty to it. Because for some reason, I don't know why people don't teach this anymore, but it just seems like you're not held accountable for your work ethic mm-hmm. or you're not held accountable for um, how you represent yourself and others. You know, as working for a company, when my husband goes out, even when he's not in his company clothing, he represents that company. So there's a certain standard that exactly. he tries to maintain. And we've been trying to instill that in the kids. But by giving them the power and saying, okay, here's the chore list. They scrumple, crumple them up. They throw them in a jar and everybody pulls their chore. Nobody can say, well, I've been doing this for three weeks in a row because, no, you pulled that number. This was mm-hmm. your guys' deal. You're in charge yeah. of your own fate in this one but it gave yeah. them yeah. a different outlook on it. So it's not like us sure. slamming them, but then having the chore sure. checker, I think just helped how hard they work and what they get done. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just, I, I don't know. It worked for us really well. Yeah. And it's translated. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, it's also important. And, and this, again, this is new to me too. So I, you know, we, my husband and I both came, became life coaches pretty recently And so a lot of things have opened up for me and realized, you know, the importance of each, you know, you're talking about chores and, you know, we can give our kids the chore and we could, you know, tell them to do the best job they can, but we can also explain too, and this is actually in the book, one of the pity party pig, he actually is in the end sweeping floors to the the new place. And the whole point is that he's doing the job that he knows and can do, and he's doing the best he can at it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, we're trying to teach our kids that they're all so unique and whether they have a job as a janitor or a CEO of a major company, do the best you can do, you know, yes. give it your mm-hmm. all and be proud of your work. And because a lot of, you know, like, you know, like you said, uh, Quincy, you said about, about moms and, and it's almost like looked down upon to stay home. It's like, yeah. oh, really? I mean, I've got, I got yelled at when I was younger because I, I, Me too. by, by women, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I wanted to stay home. Like, I can't believe that. It's horrible. (laughs) Well, then nobody really stopped to look at if I did work, how much is it going to cost me to have someone take care of my kid? I'm working for nothing. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Sure. Sure. But that's my point. Like, give it your all. So if you're going to be a stay at home mom, love it. Be proud of it. Don't Mm -hmm. be embarrassed. You know, don't be ashamed of it. Like, I, I didn't get a career, you know. But give it everything you have. And if we teach our kids where even if it's, you're you're taking the garbage out, (laughs) you know, do it with confidence. Do it. Do it with everything. And then the, the hardest part of all of this is that we are their example. And That's so if right. we're complaining about stuff, if we're not doing a good job, you know, Preach if it. we're putting things off, all of that stuff, they don't, it doesn't matter. Any of the words we say does not matter. 
because mm-hmm. they are going to only see what you're doing as the parent, yep. as the mom, as the dad. And when they all go off and get married, that's how they're going to be. And so we have to be careful if we are going to follow through with something. You know, that's why when I did the book at one point, I'm like, oh, this is kind of maybe it's too much. I'm like, hold on a second. I committed to this. I got to follow through. And so I know, I know, I know, Jeannie, that you're going to follow through the book now because mm-hmm. <laughs> your kids are watching. Yeah. And so they're learning from you. And so now they're going to be like, okay, mom, look at mom. She's following through. She's actually finishing the book and she's going to the next level. And they'll see that. And now they'll, they'll, they'll learn from your the experience that you're, that you're giving them. It's beautiful. That's, that is fantastic. Um, so at, as we're winding down the show, what I would really love to hear, you had mentioned earlier that uh, y'all had relocated and I wanted to know how long has it been kind of the story of your relocation and, and how you worked through it um, because you're a big family like we are and we would love to mm-hmm. hear what happened with you so that we can maybe take some lessons from that as well. Sure. I mean, you know, the good thing is I went through it as a lot of people do. And we usually learn a lot from that. Uh, And the funny thing is if we pay attention to other people and we ask them, we could avoid a lot of mistakes, but sometimes we do need to go through the hard times in order to get to where we are. But yeah, we moved uh, from New York uh, about five years ago to Florida. We're we're in Northern Florida and St. Augustine. Um, And the funny thing is we really, my husband needed a, a change. Uh, he needed uh, to get away from, I'm not going to say his family because that, that's not accurate, but he needed a break. He needed to break away. And that was one of the reasons. The other reason was there was too much snow. He hated the snow. He, he didn't want to <laughs> shovel anymore. He didn't want anything to do with it. And I talked to a lot of people and that's really their only reason. But again, I, I saw in him for years and years, I watched how he struggled with where he was in his restaurant business and he needed a change. And this was the opportunity. I had never thought we would leave. Uh, Cause like I said, we had family there or everyone, everyone we knew, everything we knew. And that was our identity, you know, and everyone knew us and it was just a small, small town. So when we left, it was devastating. And mm. like I said, not only to us and our children, but everyone we knew because we left them. And it wasn't that my yeah. husband, you know, had a new career change or, you know, he got a, he got a promotion and it was exciting. We were going, we left because we wanted to. <laughs> so that was, that was Us really too. hard on people because it wasn't that, oh no, Gino has a new job. It was, we just want to change. And so <laughs> as all our, our moms were home and, and our, and our, you know, my, our, all our siblings and, and nieces and nephews, all those it was like, you know, we don't want you anymore. We're leaving. <laughs> so that's what to them it felt like. And I never really took it into consideration until we moved. And when I went home and I realized, I was like, wow, that was, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I was just thinking about myself, my husband, my kids, and trying to deal with, with them, trying to deal with us and our emotions. And I never really looked at the other side of it. And so because every time we make a big decision like that, we have to realize that it is impacting other people. It's impacting basically everybody we know. And um, we have to think about that and have compassion instead of being irritated. Like, why are you giving me a hard time? Why can't you be happy for me? It's the compassion part. Like, this is really, this is really hard for all of us. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But it, I mean, like, I, it was, it was, 
the most difficult time I think that we've had as a family because the kids were a little bit older and they didn't know how to, some of them were fine. Some of them liked the change and some of them, I mean, it took, I'm going to say three, four years to really mm. say, okay, I'm okay. And, you know, as a mom, we just want to fix it, but that's, mm -hmm. we need to be able just to be with them and say, this is really hard. You know, we can't fix everything. And I think that's, you know, the mother in us that we just don't want our kids to be upset and, you know, but we have to just kind of walk with them and say that this is really hard on us too. Wow. I mean, I, I think we're, I'll let, you, I'll let you like take over there for where you're at, honey. And I kind of, I kind of sit on both sides of the fence because there's part of me that I understand this is hard. I understand it's difficult for them. And I try to, like I checked the schools. I made sure everything that we had that they needed yep. was here before yep. we made the move. But we decided to move before we knew we had a job in position mm -hmm. two. It was like, okay, it's just time. We need to go. Um, but with once we got here, I, I, I let the kids kind of sulk a little bit. But after a few weeks, I kind of flipped a switch and was like, okay, we're done with this. Mm -hmm. Because the more you hold on to what's back there, the less you're trying to reach out for what's here mm -hmm. and we're not going anywhere for a while. So you might as well, you know, it's not that I don't have compassion towards people or that I don't care about the friends and whatnot that we left behind. It's simply you have to move forward because mm -hmm. if you don't, then this is going to drag you back. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've got a couple of them that are like stuck in my only friends are in California. Right. Well, it's because you're not trying to make any new ones. You know, if you're not putting yourself out there to at least get to know somebody, then that's not going to change. And I can't do that for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've got a couple of things lined up to help them get people at the house and mm -hmm. kind of get back to what we were. Because when we were in California before all the garbage of the last couple of years, we used to have big Halloween parties and Christmas parties. And it was just for the kids. Yeah. You know, they had 30, 40 kids come to our house and we played games and you know, they got crazy, wrapped each other in toilet paper and threw marshmallows in the backyard. I mean, it was, our neighbors probably hated us for a while, but that's okay. Well, they but, hated us for more than that. Nah. Too, so. I know, but, well, because we started as a family of 10 and we're really, really loud during Super Bowl and hockey season, or Super Bowl. Jeez, you're a fun Football family. and hockey Sounds season. Sounds like you're fun. Yeah. But we just, one, I want them to know who they're hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And bringing them all to my house for a party is a really good way to mm -hmm. figure out who you're hanging out with because it's a large group and they all think they get in their huddles and your mom won't hear or won't notice. It, it's mm -hmm. true. Parents have ears and eyes everywhere. Um, so that helped me to kind of gauge what kind of friendships they had. Mm -hmm. And as things went forward, you know what to do. Here, we don't know anyone yet. We're just yeah. starting out. So that's what we're doing now is, okay, well, we're not going to have a huge party, but maybe we could have a few over I want to know who it is that they're trying to get to know and try to help them maybe find a, a balance somewhere between their old friends and the new ones and kind of help them get on a path it, it's hard though because I don't I don't get out I don't go meet people either I am not a social person outside my own family so you know telling them go out and meet people and it's like well what about you I spend my whole day driving <laughs> taking people to and from I'm taxi pretty much so I haven't even gotten to that part yet. So it's kind of a... Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Do I, as I say, not exactly. as I do kind of thing at the yeah. moment. You know, that's... I mean, as a mom, you're busy and you have things to do. And sometimes you don't have time for 
for that one-on-one -on -one friendship. And you know what I mean? I agree with you. And a lot of times too, we're trying to get what we had in the past. We're trying to reenact all the friends that we've had up, well, for us, it was up north. And so the kids are confused and everyone has little friends here, but no one, we're used to having full family friends. It's like, yeah. why can't we have what we had before? And you're right. If we constantly are focusing on what we had, we're forgetting what's in front of us. It did take us up until now to actually really have a solid group of friends that we're all comfortable oh, wow. with. Where, you know, my husband, myself, and all the kids are friends together. It took a long time. It took longer than I expected. Uh, but when I look back, I'm like, all right, we did hold back a bit. We did, you know, resist it. A couple of my kids are like that, where they, they don't want to give somebody a chance. But you know what it did in those five years is my husband and my relationship grew. And then the kids' relationship grew with each other. And it was mm -hmm. almost like we had to get taken away from the comfort that we were in and the friends that we had and the distractions. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, here we are as a family. <laughs> and it was just not forced, but you know, for instance, my now 16 and, and 14 year old are like best of friends where they used to bicker all the time. And so when I look at that, I'm like, they needed time to connect. I'm like, what, mm -hmm. <laughs> this whole thing was a blessing. Of course, now that we're looking, you know, back at it during was difficult, but there's always so much good in the really hard times, especially when you're all in it together. And, yes. you know, so use the patience, we have to be patient with it and we have to see what relationships are growing and we have to be like, wow, that's amazing. You know? So when I look back now, I'm like, they, they bickered, like you wouldn't believe. And they, they're like, inseparable. Oh, I'd believe it. It's amazing. Believe it. <laughs> like if we didn't mm -hmm. move, they wouldn't have had that relationship. So we have to look back and say, we're thankful and, you know, yeah, but it is, it's, you know, it's devastating as a family. We yeah, we needed to get them back out. I mean, the last couple of years where we were living, they just they didn't get to socialize. I mean, even in the classroom, they didn't get to socialize. They they still had a lot of barriers and things because of all the COVID crap. So they lost a lot of who they were, mm -hmm. the the ones who were normally outgoing and sociable and you know made friends everywhere they went. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. if I can't see your face, I don't trust you. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it was just a very very hard time for them and they all kind of regressed a little bit so that was a lot of the decision to move here was our specials needed more and we needed a place where you know Quincy and I could go and enjoy our life with them as adults because they're permanent mm -hmm. our younger ones are right. eventually going to go off and do their thing and have their own lives but they will always come back these two will not they're always going to be with us so we had to find where we could have what Quincy and I love so that we could keep our marriage going and have our time and the kids could go with us mm -hmm. and our younger ones. It's like, okay, we need to go somewhere where they can get back to living their life. They need to go out and see that there's more out here than just TV screens and news channels and, you know, plastic plexiglass everywhere and stuff. So mm -hmm. it, getting them back to just being able to say hi to someone and not shy back it's right. it's been a trip it's it's really mm -hmm. been a trip I mean I I think the move has been the best decision that we've made the way that everything kind of clicked for us we've been trying to move for 10 years and then mm -hmm. this time it was like the day we made the decision it was just all of a sudden everything just started clicking into place so once we right. got here, if, if this is the only thing that we have to struggle with right now is figuring out how to get financially stable again and how to get the kids to enjoy life again, 
I th- I think we're doing good. Yeah, Absolutely. and I, I think I really think struggle is good. We you know mm-hmm. there's you're constantly bombarded with how you know to remove stress from your life, but mm-hmm. stress to me. There's some positives to stress that teaches you, you know, because life is, you know, biblically speaking, mm-hmm. life's no respecter of person. It's going to kick you in the groin mm-hmm. as often as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. So I think struggling is good. And we've we've had a situation similar to this in the past where I was going through some, you know, really tough times, dark times with my health and colon surgery, et cetera. And we ended up having like water damage in the house. So the 10 of us had to move into hotels while the repairs mm-hmm. were being done. And we mm-hmm. left the hotel after a couple of months and we had never been so close. Yeah. I mean, proximity wise, but sure. also relationship wise. Yeah. And it, uh, it really changed. And, you know, we've, I, I really appreciate you sharing with us and the audience, you know, what you went through, because I think, you know, there is a mass exodus from a few states in the union. And uh, so peop- that tells me that people are moving oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh, absolutely. And this is something that is necessary for them to be able to adjust. So you being five years into the move and kind of giving us your wisdom is so appreciated because we're, you know, we're like three months in. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Jeannie said, we were, because of what California was doing, and mm-hmm. I, I will not get political or, you know, <laughs> give my opinions on COVID right now, mm-hmm. but because of what they were doing, um, it was time to leave. I mean, you, when you have disabled children that doctors will not see because they, they cannot physically wear a mask, it's right. like, okay, it's time for us to move. <laughs> and, you know, so whether I had a job or not, we were leaving and yeah. we left behind a tremendous amount of income. Mm-hmm. Um, to come here, but we're risking it and we're betting on us. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't be happier. I don't, there's no people in the world I trust more than the people that I live with here in this house. So I believe in, in what we're doing. And, you know, the other thing, I mean, just to kind of, to talk about that is that I, I would love to have you and Gino back for mm-hmm. talking about, you know, building family wealth or, you know, talking about mm-hmm. finances at some point, Absolutely. if y'all would li- like to come on the show, because I've been able to kind of consume, you know, what y'all do podcast wise, video wise. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a raving fan now, um, <laughs> and love what you guys put out. So, uh, you. you know, it's, I'm so thankful that we've been able to connect and you, y'all are doing a, a lot of good for humanity. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for, you know, going through what you've gone through and then using it for the better for people. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that because sometimes you wonder, you know, we, we, we try our hardest and we try to do what we think, you know, God is calling us to do. And then you're like, is this what it is? And, and so sometimes just hearing that from someone else, you know, confirms it. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You're, um, you're, you guys are a godsend to us right now because we are working through, mm-hmm. you know, the struggle of, uh, you know, of finances and acclimating to a new area. And I mean, I've, I've worked with the same company for going on 23 years, but, you know, in November of last year, I took on a new role and yeah. it's something that's completely different. And then yeah. I decided to move to two, you know, and work in two new states that I don't really know anything about. So <laughs> It was another, you know, yeah. reset button. Sure. So, you know, hearing that, uh, hearing what y'all do, um, learning about your family, knowing that you've you've written books and that you do things to invest in families, which is mm-hmm. 
to me is like the cornerstone of a healthy society. Um, I honor you and your family for what you do. And I just, I want to give you some time to really tell the audience if there's anything left, um, you know, how they can find you, where they can find you. And then, uh, you know, if there's anything you want to recap or anything, the floor is absolutely yours. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Quincy. No, I, I, I appreciate that because we do have, we have so many stories. We have such a past in our life and we, we really, we all go through such similar experiences in life. And a lot of times we really think it's just us. And I could never explain this to someone else because they'll think I'm weak or, you know, I'm complaining. And we all go through difficult times. I don't care if you're a stay at home mom and you're sitting there with one baby and is so overwhelmed and we've been there, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's really challenging. It's really hard. A lot of people won't say, oh, I only have one kid. I don't want to talk, complain to you. I'm like, no, no, I was there. I know what it's like. Right. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you know, I it's hard with one. Yeah. And, and also mm -hmm. we don't know, we still don't know what we're doing. So I think it's important to, 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 you know, live your life, have your stories and realize that other people, they could use that wisdom. They could use that advice, you know, and, and why not? You know, a lot of us will walk around and be like, I don't want to explain my hard times because I don't want to seem that I'm having a difficult time, but, but that's just it. If I tell people, you know, here are my challenges, here is how I got over it, or here is how I, you know, got through the fear of, you know, speaking or whatever it is, they could be like, oh, okay, I can do it too. She could do it. I could do it. And that's really our so, mission, right? Is just to, to be there, to walk with people, to support them, to encourage them. And, you know, it's a challenge at times because you, you, like I said before, you kind of question, is this a waste of my time? You know, we're both in our own rooms talking to, you know, just the three of us, but yet other people are listening. And so yeah. you think, well, what if nobody's listening? You know, you question everything, you question everything you do and say, but there's always one person that will get something out of it. And sometimes that's, yes. that's all we need. So my husband and I, you know, he, like you said, he is more the financial, <laughs> he's a real estate, he's the podcaster, and I'm just the family side of it, the other half of that. Um, and there always is another side to it. So anything, you know, we see like Grant Cardone, we see these really big people out there. There's another softer side to it, usually the mm -hmm. wife, and they have the other, the other part of it. And I think that's an important part because... You know, you can have a successful business, but if you're going home to an unhappy home, what's the point? Mm. And yes, so it really true. starts at the house, at home, to have that happy home, to support your husband, in my situation, to support him and to say, go make a difference. And so he is, through Jake and Gino, he's teaching people how to support their family. And so I just so appreciated it that I kind of wanted to be part of it, but in a different, in a different form, in a how to have a happy home. And so that's what we started. If you go to Julia and Gino.com, you can see our books. You can see our kids' books. You can see we even have a personal finance academy, which you talked about finance, but just basic stuff, basic stuff to teach, whether it's your high school kids, college, even you as an adult never learn the basics. It's a really good, great course. It even has uh, some personal development. But yeah, check us out. Check my husband's company out, jakeandgino.com. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, it's very affordable. Um, it's something that I'm going to get uh, for us and our family because um, right now I have three older teenagers that are starting to work. And I think if you if you look at, you know, investing in yourself and your future and your children, that's something that, mm -hmm. that you should do. And, you, I mean, can you really ever get enough education and experience when it comes to finance? 
So, you know, and, you know, it's important to me, especially, you know, Jeannie and I having two kids Mm -hmm. that are going to live with us forever. And then after we pass on, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen to them? So there's, to me, there's a, there's like another layer of importance for us to build family wealth. And I can tell, you know, and, and look, your y'all's podcast together is great. And you have (laughs) guests on and then Jake and Gino, it's a lot of fun. I mean, some podcasts are 12 minutes, some are 30 minutes, but you, you're going to get, they're not doing a podcast just to get it done and check a box. They are giving you information to make your life better and to equip you financially, mm-hmm. you know, and then like you say, Julia, you bring the family side of it, which to me is like, like yeah. I said, it's the cornerstone to a healthy mm-hmm. profit, you know, um, society. So thank you very much for what you do. It's, it has absolutely been a pleasure to get to know you and to spend time with you. Um, I'm thrilled that our audience is going to get to hear and learn more about you. And then at some point, you know, if when you release the next book, if you want to come and release it to our audience, um, you have a home here at Man vs. Marriage. We are the floor is always it's always open. The door is open for you. However, I can articulate that or in this case, can't articulate it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, it, it's wonderful to have you. And then, uh, you know, I would love to have uh, yourself and Gino on mm-hmm. to do maybe a small series on finance to help our listeners. And like you, we have listeners, mm-hmm. you know, around the world. So it's uh, it's just great for them to be able to hear experts uh, at what they do. So absolutely. We would love to be, to be on my husband. It's a different, definitely different. He's a, he's a high energy, as you know, super high energy. And we make fun of each other quite often. So it's very fun. That's good. You'll be <laughs> we'll in good company. In the, in the Julia and Gino show, you'll definitely see that if you go to the Jake and Gino page under podcast, we are there and it is fun. <laughs> it, 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 it is great. And all of you, each and every one of you man versus marriage listeners go now. Anyway, <laughs> Thank you guys very much for listening. Julia, it's wonderful to have you. And I thank you so much for, uh, for being a part of our podcast and, uh, we wish you well, God bless you and look forward to the next one. Thanks everyone. All right. That's Julia Barbaro. I'm Quincy. She's Jeannie. And this is man versus marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.